is May 23rd, 2021. Welcome to the Cardi Show. I'm Brian Cardi. Glad to have you aboard. I want to thank Jesse Goldberg Strassler for his appearance and his uh, work in t- promoting last week's podcast. Greatly appreciated. Zach Helton, the uh, play-by-play voice for the Bluefield Ridge Runners, will be on the podcast today. Lots to talk about with him. Good to catch up with him as well. In the meantime, let's get to last week in baseball. Again, folks, I want to remind you for your Blue Jays minor league news, please visit futureBlueJays.com and click the subscribe button. Dougie will hop you out. One of the best in the business at minor league coverage. Let's get into the Blue Jays. The bullpen is taxed. Even with the least coming back, you cannot continue to have starters go three and a third or four innings. Even with the extra pitchers, this is way too much to continuously ask. Ross Stripling does not belong in a starting rotation in the American League East. His stuff doesn't play well here. As a swingman, he's great. A bulk guy, no problem. As a starter, it won't work. Ross Atkins has to act now. Whether you build up Trent Thornton or seek out other options, I hope Ross is in the bullpen when his turn comes around. Are you getting frustrated by the lack of support at TD Ballpark? What the hell is going on in Dunedin? The Jays put all this money into a ballpark and they host a major league team, but they get out-cheered no matter who the Jays are playing there. All I'm going to say is this. I can't wait for them to be back at Salem Field. Buffalo fans will show up and cheer for the Jays. I have full confidence in that. Lastly, I'll say this. I don't think the Jays are getting to Toronto this year because the people in Ontario and the governments have their heads so far up their asses. It's not even funny. But that's just too bad. No hitters for everyone. Corey Kluber and Spencer Turnbull joined Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, Wade Miley, and John Means in the elusive and maybe growing 2021 no-hitter club. The Mariners, Cleveland, and the Rangers have both gone with no hits in two games each. That's crazy, isn't it? It's early and there could be more. The modern era record is seven, which has happened four times as most recent as 2015. There were eight... In 1884. Let's dig into the standings. Remember when I said the NL East will come down to game 162? Well, that still remains to be seen, but the AL East is slowly and surely becoming a four-team dogfight. The Red Sox escaped escaped, with a series victory in Dunedin this past week against the Jays. They do have a giant run differential. Toronto had Boston on the ropes, but the Boston bats wouldn't go away. In fairness, the Blue Jays overcame some offensive deficits. The Rays, who have taken two in a row, most recently against the Jays, moved Willie Adamas and Trevor Williams to the Brewers. It is not Wander Franco time. It's Taylor Walls time. It must be an exciting time to be a Rays fan. All 25 of you. Watch out for the Yankees. They're just as hot as anyone else. 7-3 and three in their last 10. Three teams are separated by one game. And you add in the Jays, who are three and a half back, it becomes very interesting. I your copy. Excuse me. I don't blame Tony La Russa for getting pissed at what Yerman Mercedes did. The White Sox sit atop of the AL Central two games up on Cleveland. Their pitching is still very good. Carlos Rodon, Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, and Lance Lynn are pretty darn good one through four. People say Tony La Russa has lost the room, but you know what cures that talk? Winning. The Astros in their plus 64 run differential were back atop the AL West with the A's. I think I'm confident in saying the Mariners are going down and yelling, Timber, 
With the loss of Mike Trout, what the hell do the Angels do now with their assets? 19-26, and, and it's getting worse. Otani is a great story, and he's a hell of a show. See what I did there? Hell of a show? The NL East is within a four-and-a-half game reach from top to bottom. The Mets are still at the top. The Nats are still on the bottom. These teams have been ravaged on both sides of the ball by injury. The Marlins are getting solid pitching. The Braves, Nats, Phillies, and Marlins are all under 500. New York needs to get the lead out and start running away with this thing before all of these clubs get healthy. Or healthier. The NL Central is still tight. I thought the Cards may have had a bigger lead. I wonder if Adamus going to the Brew Crew gives them a jump start. The Reds lost Mike Moustakis and Wade Miley, but you can't sleep on them yet. The Cubs, they're in second place and they're two games over 500. Slowly but surely time to think about who the Pirates are going to start moving on from. Gregory Polanco, anyone? And guess who are still atop in the NL West? Yes, of course, the San Francisco Giants. They are tied with the Padres for top of the division, and the Dodgers are one game back. Can the Giants continue this? Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey are playing well above their weight. Can they keep this up? I guess we're going to find out next week on Last Week in Baseball. Zach Helton coming up on the Cardi Show. Zach Helton is the longtime voice of the Bluefield Baseball Club. He's also the, the director of broadcasting for Bluefield State College. He has hosted sports radio shows across the USA. He calls many other sports, and he also, we didn't know this at, at the, the previous three or four times we chatted, Helton, but we didn't know that you were a soldier for a long time in the armed forces. So regardless, great to have Zach Helton back on the Cardi Show. What's up, Zach? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's been an interesting year. I think we've all just kind of held on and, and figured it out as we went, but uh, it's good to be back. Uh, it's definitely stateside, as we were talking a few moments ago before we went on air. Just a little normalcy. Uh, you know, high school and college sports are, are back to normal, um, and we're getting ready to amp up this new Appy League. I, I think we're all – everyone's – who's a part of it is a little uncertain what it's going to be about, but I, you know, I, for one, am excited. Uh, we finally get some baseball back in Bluefield, and it's, it, at this point, it's better than nothing because, you know, after the entire minor league scrub, uh, from Manfred and the gang, it, it could have been a lot worse. Could have, he could have left the Appy league out to dry. Uh, but you know, ML, MILB, uh, USA baseball and MLB, uh, have kind of jumped on to this Appy League thing, and and I think it's going to be an intriguing thing. I think it's going to be a uh, some good baseball all summer long, and and uh, just uh, just keep it rolling. I you know I think it's been a staple for uh, close to a hundred years in this area, and and I think it would be just downright uh, disservicing to the area without having uh, Appalachian League baseball for some of these people to enjoy it in the summer. How has the uh, the city of Bluefield handled this? I mean, how did they initially handle the news that um, the Appy League was no longer going to be a major league affiliate, that Major League Baseball essentially is coming in to take over the league? Well, you know, fun fact, our GM uh, is a fighter, Rocky Malmazura. He's a guy that will go to bat for uh, everyone, and he did in this situation, I think um, – he was on the most wanted list for MLB for a while as he aggravated uh, the New York office. You know, he was in their ear. He was uh, in the forefront of these campaigns with, with politicians in the area. 
and you know he was on Capitol Hill fighting for the Ampu League, and he, he brought in a, a you know a lot of the other GMs in the uh, league uh, and some prominent business people. And it, you know, I, I I think without Rocky Mountain Missouri and those guys working behind the scenes for the Ampu League, we wouldn't have the Ampu League that we do now. Uh, that being said, the area I think is is gripped onto it. They're intrigued by it. They're you know. A lot of people that I come in contact with think, well, it's not affiliated baseball, so it's not going to be any good. Uh, to be quite honest, I'm almost sold it's going to be better. And, and I uh, say that because you've been around baseball long enough. You know that at this rookie level, you know, night in and night out between the two teams and the 18 guys on the field, they may be four to five real, real pro prospects out there playing against each other any given night. Um, and the rest are kind of there just collecting a small paycheck and, and playing some baseball for a, a little bit extra time than, you know, uh, probably they would have been allowed to any other time. But this, this prospect league, I think it's going to rival those of, um, the frontier league, um, the Carolina, um, I'm trying to think of what that one is. Um, maybe the Col- coastal plains, there it is. And, um, Cape Cod, um, uh, I've seen the rosters I've seen, uh, which I can't release yet, but there's some great talent from division one on down to, you know, locally here, we've got a few kids playing in the league uh, at the NIA and D two level. And there's some great D three talent, great Juco talent coming in. These guys are fighting for some attention. You know, if, if they didn't have it at the D one level, obviously, you know, the NIA, they want to show that, Hey, we competed here in the Mountain East in West Virginia, but we can we can play with those guys in the ACC. You give us a chance, we can do it. So I, I think the fire is going to be there for the players. I, I think I think once you go down the road, uh, it's going to take maybe five to ten years to look back on it. But I think there'll be a more percentage of players coming through this new rebirthed Happy League get to the major league level than in previous years. And and we all know that in the Happy League there's been some great talent all the way from Greg Maddox to Cal Ripken Jr. and, and on and so on. So I think a more percentage of players will will make it big in the long run in this new Happy League than than there was in you know maybe the past 20 years. So help me understand this, Zach. So and I was talking to our old friend Jesse Goldberg Strassler who's uh as you know one of the smartest guys, uh, not just in baseball, but overall. And uh, we talked about how this all re- this realignment w- was going to work. And essentially, um, you had each team was given four affiliates, triple uh, A, double A, single A, high A, uh, low A. So these players that are going into this Appy League, where are they going after the Appy League? Are teams signing them? Are they free agents? What happens from there? Well, with this league, I think a lot of these guys are, well, I actually all of the guys are non-draft eligible. Um, what that means for, you know, and I had to learn myself. Uh, there's some kids who have signed with colleges who are not going to uh, go pro out of high school. And then you have your freshman, sophomore, and up to your junior year uh, to play. If, if you don't, if you don't get drafted out of high school and you go to college, 
you you go to your junior year or what would be your junior year, essentially a redshirt sophomore or what have you. So those in that kind of small pocket are in the Appy League or in these other leagues to show off their talent. Um, we've built it. We've built a new press box at Bowen Field. I'm excited about that for many reasons, but one. Um, right next to my new booth will be a scouting area. There, there's a big room where a lot of scouts uh, will kind of, you know, converge on. And, you know, scouts are usually down in the stands, so they'll probably be bouncing back and forth. But uh, we were told, you know, um, uh, Rocky and I were told that there'll be, you know, at least 10 scouts in attendance every night. Wow. So that's very impressive because at, at the rookie level, you know, you would see maybe three or four scouts. Um, we got to know those guys by name as, as many times as they came to the ballpark, but, um, it, there'll be a lot of eyes on this league. I, I think MLB and USA baseball have, have chosen the kids and, and, and they'll disperse the kids, I think very soon with all the teams. And so, you know, I, I feel like when you have those guys behind something, they're not going to put a product on the field that they're not going to benefit from in the long run. So I, I think they're going to use this as another tool to get some kids some at-bats, get some get kids some innings to throw, and, you know, they'll get a lot of looks from some scouts. They'll either prove themselves or realize that maybe baseball as a professional is in my life. So in in the schedule is going to set up nicely 54 games. So it's, it's going to be a grind and uh, we start June 3rd. So a lot of these kids uh, will become, I mean, may get a week off uh, if that, because I know conference tournaments start this week at the D one level. Uh, some of the smaller colleges have, have already uh, finished up, but uh, you know, you're getting a small break and then you're, you're getting to Bluefield, you're getting to Pulaski, wherever you're going. And then it's baseball, uh, you know, five, six nights a week for the next uh, eight, nine weeks. So one of the interesting parts that um, I found out with this league is there's a lot of interesting names behind it. Uh, you got a lot of roving instructors. I saw Homer Bush, uh, Dave Hansen, Ray Burris. But one of the more intriguing things that I thought is Bluefield, now known as the Bluefield Ridge Runners, uh, a lot of train history. Maybe you can dig into that a little bit. Uh, their manager is Joe Oliver. Joe Oliver, for those people who don't know, played many years as a catcher in the big leagues. Uh, very well respected in minor league baseball as a manager in the Red Sox organization. How does Joe Oliver get to Bluefield? You know, he, I, I've got to interview him, talk to him on the phone a few times. We've texted back and forth. Um, he's excited to go. Um, and a lot of people in the area that I've talked to are excited that Joe Oliver's there because this little pocket where we're in, you're either, well, every, every, every pocket has Yankee fans, unfortunately, but <laughs> you know, for years it's been reds, braves, pirates. Uh, we did it. I did an interview. I, you know, I had to, you know, you, you know, obviously how all this works, uh, you interview someone and then it drops maybe a couple weeks later and you got to keep uh, secrecy about it. You know, I couldn't tell anyone about who was going to be the manager, but uh, I, I told a lot of people who I knew were Reds fans, I said, you're going to be excited about who's coming in. And um, we we dropped the interview on the uh, Ridge Runners Facebook page, and it, it, I think it dropped at like 10, 11 o'clock one morning. And I think 12 o'clock, I was, I was leaving the office at Bluefield State, and I was heading to lunch, and my grandfather called me. He said, Joe Oliver. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching him at Cincinnati. And so he was excited. 
because he usually comes up and sits in the booth with me and hangs out. So uh, I, I think I'm going to get him out a few more times this year because he was a big Reds fan growing up. And, and uh, he was telling me uh, stories about how he would uh, hitch a train uh, from Bluefield and, and go up and watch the Reds and then sneak back home. And, and sometimes he would get by with and sometimes he wouldn't. But uh, back in the day. But he's he grew up a Reds fan. We got Dennis Rasmussen, too. Uh, tremendous pitcher. Uh, he's going to come in and, and teach these young arms. Uh, he, he came through, uh, back in, it's back a couple months ago, he was doing some clinics at Wake Forest and, uh, he came through and, and we had dinner with him and man, he, he was fun to talk to, had some great stories. So this coaching staff, Angel, um, Angel, uh, I don't know why I forgot his last name. I don't have it in front of me, but Angel's going to be our hitting coach. Uh, you may be able to pull that up before I do. Uh, I had a nice little interview with him. He's he's uh, you know a former major leaguer. He's got some great uh, great time, and, and I think he's going to be uh, you know a player's coach. I, I think he's going to be one of those guys that uh, gets the kids excited to play. And uh, I liked our staff. Garrett Schilling is uh, our fourth coach. He's a local guy. He coaches at Bluefield College uh, on the Virginia side of Bluefield. Uh, he's been a tremendous assistant coach there. I know he's coached some summer league in the past. He, you know, four great baseball guys right here in Bluefield, I think are, are going to do some damage with uh, uh, teaching the, the young kids uh, some great, uh, some great baseball lessons here during the summer. Angel uh, Sanchez. There you go. Is the uh, hitting coach, uh, which is great. Um, so the Ridge runners are uh, the blue Jays are no more. It's now the Ridge runners. And uh, you mentioned the 54-game schedule. So you're thinking the quality of play will be better, could be better uh, than what the uh, fine folks in Bluefield are used to. Um, and it, it's great to hear that you're excited about that because I, I think if you and I chatted 12 months ago, um, I don't know, Zach, I, I think it would be a different conversation. I think there's probably some – because you guys, maybe it was the unknown. Uh, maybe it was just the rule changes. The state of baseball right now, Zach, are you happy with it? Do you think it could be better? Are you tired of the twerks in the minor leagues? Where are you at with it? Well, I'm a little indifferent about it, to be honest with you. Some of the rule changes, I think, at the minor league level are needed. Um, obviously, safety is always important. Definitely. I don't know if a bigger bag is the end-all, be-all. I, I think maybe you retool the bag, maybe a softer bag. I know, you know, at the youth level, they have a softer bag. Um, I'm not seeing the break apart bags where you slide in and the thing starts shooting out into left center field. Uh, maybe a softer cushion. I, I know there's probably the technology out there to make those bases a little bit softer because you always see um, guys hustling down the line and, and, you know, trying to beat out an infield single and they tear something as soon as they, you know, hit the first base bag. Um, uh, maybe there's something to make that softer. Uh, the, the pitch out rule, I, I think it's a little intriguing. Um, you got a guy on base, you know, I, I was never a speed guy when I played. I, and if people saw me in person, he's like, you, you actually played sports, but <laughs> I did a long time ago. Um, never a speed guy, but I always, uh, prided myself on, you know, low ball reads with a catcher and kind of timing out a pitcher. You know, I would, you know, watch before and if someone was on, does does he have a two second hold? What's his what's his mechanics throwing back to first? Well, now you kind of take that out of it because two throws over and they're they're done. They can't yeah. throw over anymore. Um, 
you got to space those out if, if you want to keep a runner on uh, a little closer. But if you're a base runner too, I, I guess, you know, after two throws over, you're, you're pretty much green to go. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it, it's intriguing. We'll see how that plays out. I, at the minor league level, I did enjoy the uh, starting extra innings with a base runner at second. And I, I think I even said on a broadcast when I, I said, I like this at the minor league level. I don't, I don't want to see it at the major league level. And then it wasn't, I think it was less than two years. We saw it at the major league level. Right. It's, it's intriguing. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know. I, I guess it's here to stay. It's, it's one of those things, but as long as we can avoid having that in postseason baseball, I guess, I guess we'll have to live with it. But, um, like the Braves Phillies, I think it was about a week or two ago, you know, they went 13, 14 innings, you know, and I, I'm always interested to see not, uh, you, you get a fast guy on the base pass and you, you don't try to move him over with the first batter. I know that was always a strategy at the Appy league level is, uh, you would throw a fast guy in second, move him over to third, and then you had two outs to get him in. And, but it, a lot of people say that the DH took strategy away from baseball. I think some of these rules throw some more strategy into it. You yeah. got to figure out, um, you know, do we substitute for who batted last in the ninth or do we go with, you know, you, you know, a lot of things like that. Uh, the double switch is still in play. So I, I, I like it. I, you know, I'm a baseball guy, so I'm not, you know, they haven't got to the point where I'm not going to sit and watch baseball anymore. And, and I think some of it's too is a little exciting to some of the younger crowd who, who's not going to sit through a 15 inning ball game. I get yeah, that. Sure. So, sure. you know, I'm all for growing the game. Uh, I'm still indifferent about some of the rules, but I, you know, I'm not going to be old man yells it as cloud and sit here and say, <laughs> uh, you can't change rules, but you, you can, it, you just gotta be, you gotta be smart about it and you gotta be uh, cognizant of, um, the past. I think you, you can't, uh, I, I was always, uh, you know, you hear cutting out a few games. I don't, I don't like that. I think 162 is just fine. You know, it, that's part of it. You know, baseball is not the most physical demanding sport uh, for nine innings, but when you throw 162 in the mix, you've got to be on top of your game more nights than not to be better than the other guy. So I like that aspect of it, but you know, the pitch count, I, I, the three batter rule, I, it's that throws some more strategy into it. Uh, there's some good and bad about it, but um, you know, I'm I'm part of the you know the Tony Larusa things going around right now. Yeah, let the kids play. Um, you know, if you're if if your opponent's going to throw a pitcher out there, and a rookie level guy is trying to fight for his next contract, who you know, if if 20 home runs is going to get him a payday opposed to 19, let the kid hit. So that's kind of my ideal about it. Now, Tony LaRussi is an old school guy and there are old school people out there in this game. There's a better way to do what he did than how he did it. I think you, you close the doors in the clubhouse, you get everyone around and that's how you handle it. And you don't go out in the media. So that's my, uh, that's my old man rant, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I like, I like the, some, some things baseball is doing. Um, I like the excitement that uh, the younger players, uh, you know, once you get, I, I think, you know, is too, you know, I, I enjoy watching the blue Jays because a lot of the guys on the team came through Bluefield. Yeah. Uh, I grew up a, a Braves fan and, and watched the Red Sox growing up as well. 
just because they were so predominant in this area. But now I, I like watching players, you know, um, I like watching Ronald Acuna play, uh, Kevin Pillar at, at the Mets, although he came from Bluefield. I, I like watching him play. I've never been a big Mets fan. Uh, Vladdy and the gang in Toronto. I, I just like watching players do their thing. I'll flip flip between a few games watching players and and I think that's the, the route baseball is going now because of so much free agency and players moving you can latch on to a player you don't necessarily have to latch on to a team and and I think that's keeping tying it back to the rules it keeps everything a little fresh keeps everything a little exciting and, and I think baseball is I think finally figuring it out I, i'm not a big fan of rob manfred but i think as a whole they're trying they're figuring it out that hey there's there's more parts than you know either a bloop and a blast or you know there you know there's a lot of more interest intricacies to baseball than uh just going out there and swinging with all your might and hoping it goes over the fence yeah no and i'm with you on that uh the whole uh, following players one guy that comes to mind is uh, john birdie former blue jay plays for the miami marlins always liked his game and you talked about uh, Acuna or Mike Trout you know people staying up to watch the Dodgers and Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger and I agree with you on the La Russa thing uh, you know one thing that solves that as you know will be winning and if the, if the Chai Sox can continue winning I think all this goes away um, you mentioned watching the Blue Jays and one of the interesting developments um, was the radio and TV broadcasts are now one. They're not separate. And Dan Shulman, as you know who Dan Shulman is, and I know you know who Buck Martinez is, uh, along with Pat Talbert, they have the, uh, the duty of now calling the television game at the same time, trying to include the radio audience. Um, when you first got wind of this, what, how did you feel? Because you're the director of broadcasting at Bluefield State College. You're a radio guy. You have students. Uh, you have kids that look up to you, I'm sure, asking you for advice. Are you worried about the future of radio and television broadcasting? Do you see major league teams or NBA or NHL doing the same thing? Yeah, and and two, you mentioned that, and I'll, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit here. Um, years ago, you know, the, even when it was the Blue Jays, we had a local station cover the games. Every game was on the radio. Right. Now we were trying to get that back. And, and a lot of stations were reluctant to say, we already have programming on that night. And, and it costs us more to get rid of that programming to have baseball than it does. You know, it would make us for baseball. Um, and I, I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out and sell the ads and we'll have it on the website and, and tune in and my tuner, we're going to have it on the apps. And, and, and I think that's the way it's going. Uh, the A's did this a few years ago. I think they they cut out a radio affiliate, and now they're just streaming online. Right. I, I really think that's the way it goes. I don't think audio-only broadcasts are going away anytime soon because, um, quite frankly, I don't think I'm the only one that, that drives around listening to ball games night in and night. <laughs> you know, I, if, if I'm going to hit the road and I'm going to be on the road for a while and it's, you know, 7 o'clock, I'll, I'll probably be listening to one, maybe two or three ball games, flipping back and forth, depending on how they're going. And I, I like to listen. I, I think baseball is an audio friendly sport. You can, you can sit in, I mean, even, uh, you know, games I do, there's fans sitting down below, usually listening to the game while they're watching it. So I, I think that's a great way to do it. Um, I, I think that's the way it's going. 
um, you know, I've done, uh, especially here at Bluefield State, we, we do a video broadcast and then um, we kind of patch it in with an audio broadcast too on an app. Um, so I, I tell people, I said, you're going to, if you're doing a, you know, a video and audio broadcast, uh, television and radio uh, type broadcast, you want to cater to the radio end because those people can't see what the television people can see. Um, and you know, the television people may be watching like, man, this guy's over describing everything I can see it. But the reason for that is there's an audio broadcast that a lot of people can't see. Yeah. So I, I really do think, excuse me. Uh, I really do think that that is the, the way of the future. Um, you know, we've heard, I mean, I've worked in radio, uh, for, for 10 years, you know, aside from sports, you selling advertising, doing morning shows and whatnot. And, you know, when I was in high school and thinking about going into radio, people were like, what are you, what are you thinking about radio? Uh, you know, radio's dead. Serious satellite radios out there. Like no one's going to listen to terrestrial radio. And people have been saying that for, you know, 20, 30 plus years and, and still local, local radio stations are thriving. Um, it, it's, you know, I think with this Appalachian League, maybe if it's a good year and people really realize what it's all about, that next year it wouldn't be so hard of a sell. I think the uncertainty for local radio is what is part of hard of the sell. And, um, you know, some some stations just don't get it. Uh, yeah. Some radio stations just don't get uh, athletics on, on the air, and, and, and that's that's fine. You know, every baseball's not everyone's cup of tea. Football's not everyone's cup of tea, but – as you drink a cup of tea, as I can see you, but you know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, <laughs> I fight with all the time. So in advertising is, well, uh, the people who buy for me, um, don't listen to your radio station. I mean, how do you know that? Mm-hmm. Or, or I don't listen to your radio station. I mean, well, people that, you know, do listen to our radio station is looking for your business. So that that's some of the things I've had to overcome here locally. Uh, but in, in a grander scale of things, I think, audio broadcasts are, are, are always going to be a thing, uh, whether it's in your car on an app or in, in your, in your phone, on your phone, in your hand at the ballpark on an app. I, I think that's always going to be a thing. Uh, will it always be tied to a radio station? Who knows? I, I, I think they'll still be, you know, I, I think they'll still be terrestrial radio long after we're gone. Uh, I don't think that's going anywhere, going any anytime soon anywhere but it's one of those things that uh, you just have to catch people and and make sure that they realize what a benefit it is to have it on the air but sometimes that's a hard sell a couple more before i let you go um you mentioned selling ads and selling ads for people could be anything for podcasters radio people What's your process? What are your best practices when it comes to selling ads or selling yourself? Well, I, I personally like to, to get to know the business. Uh, I like to make it personal. Um, you know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, it, it's a service for both of us. Uh, it's not only a way that, um, you know, you, I make money, you, you, I sell you advertise, you give me money. Um, it's a way that you make it back. You know, I, I tell someone that you may not have known that may not have known about your business on a radio broadcast or, or a baseball or whatever, what have you. Um, 
and they and, and I think the advertising will take care of itself if if you allow it to. Um, case in point, I you know with the Bluefield State stuff, we we just started our Bluefield State uh, Big Blue Sports Network back in October, and uh, you know we've had some growing pains in the first athletic or yeah academic year, uh, but I've had people come up to me. Uh, student athlete parents, they would come up to me after a game. They'll see, you know, I, I don't think anybody knew what I look like unless you're carrying the equipment out of the stadium. And like, hey, are you the broadcaster? And, and yeah, and then I'll, uh, you know, talk it up with some of the parents. And I, one of the, one of our parents, who I've got to be great friends with since the early in the season with our baseball program, he said, "Thank you for telling about so and so restaurant. We love it every time we come because they're I think they're from Tennessee, so they come in." you know, maybe for a weekend series to watch their son play. So every time we come to Bluefield, we make sure we're at, at least one night we're at XX restaurant. And that's what I, you know, I, I think that's what advertising does, you know, uh, especially with this Appalachian league, when, when it was Appalachian league of old, a lot of parents would make maybe one or two trips to Bluefield a summer if they live far away. And if they're listening to the broadcast, which most are, you know, when they're not, you know, making the trip to Bluefield, they're hearing these average advertisings and they're saying, Oh, okay, well, there's a restaurant we, we should try out when we go to Bluefield or there's somewhere we should stay or there's somewhere. Uh, oh, there's a garage. If our car breaks down, I, I remember hearing on the broadcast that this garage does. So, so things like that, I think um, is what I try to hammer home when I'm speaking to potential advertisers. I'm saying, listen, there are people listening. You know, I, uh, I know there are people listening because they're telling me they're making fun of me because, you know, the running joke, I was telling my girlfriend this a while back that um, for about a half a season, I would say Dundon when I was going through the Toronto Blue Jays organization, I would go through the scores and I would say the Dundon Blue Jays or uh, it took about, it's I can't think of, it may have been uh, Charlie Wilson from Toronto came down and I had him on the broadcast and we were joking and he said, you know, it's Dunedin, right? So, <laughs> so for half a season, I was calling it doomed and, and, you know, it's not the first or the last time I'll, I'll feel like an idiot on the air, but, uh, you know, people were joking about it. It was kind of a running joke in the organization that I was, you know, the butt of And All right. Big thank you to Zach Helton for his, uh, time and, uh, check out Zach Z Helton on Twitter. And it's going to be interesting to see how these, this new Appy league plays out. It seems that, uh, Zach is very optimistic, which is great. It's absolutely great, and I hope it works out. And there is a lot of money being put behind this. So that's another thing to consider. Next week on the Cardi Show, Alexis Brinicki from Baseball America will be here. I'll be recording the same day with Pat Malacaro. One of those two interviews will be airing June 7th. And uh, whatever I record on June 7th will be aired June, or June 7th, June 6th. Will be here on June 13th. So, um, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Big thank you, Zach. Check that out. Until next time, I'm Brent Cardi. We'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>